Hello and welcome to a new episode of Film Seizure and week number two of our second Coen Brothers Month as picked by one of my co-hosts, Chuck Moore. Chuck, Yo. Hey man. how you doing over there? Oh, I'm good. Real good. good. That's good. And with us also, Jason Oliver. Jason. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. <laughs> uh, he's good too. He's good too. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, expect a lot of that garbage <laughs> in this. Uh, nah, hopefully not. <laughs> it's really bad accent hour on films. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about Fargo. Um, and I mean, what, what, what can you say? This is a, this is a, a quite enjoyable little comedy caper thriller. Comedy thriller? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is one of the Coen brothers masterpieces. Absolutely. It's um it's I a think perfect balance of tone. Yeah. I think we have two of those this month. <laughs> Maybe three. Maybe, Maybe three. three. Maybe three. Maybe three. But certainly two for sure that I know of. Um and I would say if if not according the third to, one. According right to there. the the festival or the, the awards people, yes. Yes, at yes. least two. Yeah um yeah so uh yeah chuck why did you pick this one it was next in order <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how did you ever think of that way yeah. to go about it right i mean if i were ever i mean i already called this masterpiece right yeah but if we were ever to have to like distill this down right and say okay we can only ever do four coen brothers movies yeah this would definitely be one of them absolutely for sure 100 percent um this is, I think this is accurate. This is the movie that made me realize I love the Cone Brothers. Okay. Because I already loved Raising Arizona. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd seen and liked Blood Simple, um, but I hadn't made the full, like, hey, there's two brothers that make movies and write movies. And, you know, so this movie was like, okay, now I got to go back and see everything. I think I mentioned this on the Barton Fink episode, Jason actually showed that to me in california i think for the first time which was post seeing fargo so this is like i don't even know if it's my favorite coen brothers film anymore but it's my first like okay these are my dudes they like it's your stole, first love yeah i mean for them probably i mean i've loved raising arizona but I well, was sure but younger. but like you started to realize who they were this is yes. the movie that did it yeah. yes yes so I don't yeah, know. So I, I, mine, mine is similar. I think Chuck is. Yeah, I forget. It's always a little, a little hazy as you get older. But I, um, I remember seeing the Big Lebowski and knowing full well who the Coen Brothers were. Absolutely. But it was, it was a like the time between Fargo and the Big Lebowski where I did most of my homework. Right. If that makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes absolutely. Sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mean, even think it, like, it helps that it helps that like you got like um it helps that they were that their their movies were advertised with their new ones, right? So like with Big Lebowski, because it was a comedy, they were advertising it with from the guys who made Raising Arizona or whatever, you know. Right. For right. this one, it was from the guys who made Barton Fink and yeah. and Miller's Crossing. Yeah. You know, um, again you know i kind of mentioned that last week right like where you have like this the, the kind of lineage that you can kind of feel with with some of these movies that like you know barton fink and hudsucker proxy obviously are from the same guys um and so yeah i mean you know and and they 
I don't know if they ever will release a movie that won't mention one of their other movies on the poster for sure. Right. You know, it's like Martin Scorsese doesn't need to do that, but they, they make so many different types of movies that, Mm -hmm. you know, but they, but they all are also known as people who make quirky and interesting movies. Mm -hmm. So they try to advertise that. Right. And if all else fails, just say from the, people who made oh brother where art thou <laughs> right because right. that hit a whole another stratosphere of the general movie going going public and honestly that's probably how lady killers was advertised probably yeah and intolerable cruelty i'm sure yep. yeah yeah yep so yeah um, fargo yeah. the the cohen brothers film right like if you want well i don't know there, there are a couple others, as I said, but if I was introducing someone to the Coen brothers, I wanted a little of the quirk, a little of their brutality, a little of their, you know, that other weirdness, I would bring this movie to the table. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because I wouldn't, I, I certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah I 100%. wouldn't, um, I certainly wouldn't show them blood simple first because the comedy really isn't there yet. Right. 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 Um, and uh, I mean, raising Arizona is probably the easiest one to get the laughs from. Sure, but it's but the that most, one's very cartoonish. Tunes of yeah, exactly. them all, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like any violence in that is cartoonish. Yeah, um, Miller's Crossing is way too serious. Yeah, but it's it's got a, it's got it plays say, quirky too. But I would a say, little bit. I would say that yeah, it's got the a little bit more of the quirk. And, and with the tone, it's not as well balanced. Obviously, Fargo is where they kind of perfect the mix, right? But if I if I wanted to help, uh, but if I do want to help Bart Simpson and uh, and Millhouse sneak into an R-rated movie, it's going to be Bart and Fink mm, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Bart Bart and Fink is like it's their Kafka film, right? I mean, yeah, that is quirk to the max. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it's, it's like Cohen's meets Kafka. It's something else. Yeah. yeah you, you probably come to that one a little later. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so too. Um, but Fargo. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's their, their first true masterpiece. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it opens like, I don't know. Is it Carter Burwell again that does the score for this? Yes, it is. It is. Um, I, I was trying to look this up. Since you mentioned his name, I might as well get this part out of the way. Um, he was not nominated for best score. And I think it's because the the entire score is built around an existing motif based on a um, old Norwegian folk song. Really? So, yeah. It's called The Lost Sheep. Um, I put it in the chat if you want to look at it later. Thank but um, I, I was I was saying to Jeff before we we started recording. I wonder how many scores Carter Burwell has been deemed ineligible for an Oscar because it's a reworking of pre-existing music, and I bet you it's a lot, like a lot, because he does yeah. tend to do that. Um, and this and this score is no exception. Um, but God damn it, is it good? It is so it's, good. It's real good, and it's kind of funny. It's like it's almost like a joke in the beginning, right? Because you have this car moving up a freeway um, in the snow with a trailer attached, and it's playing like it's a wagon of the outlaws almost, or the hero coming over a western hill, 
kind of it's like a very and there's this crescendo with this little dinky car (laughs) comes over the hill and it's like okay so they're playing it like here comes the villain (laughs) right or here comes someone powerful and it's fucking william h macy with a little sierra on a trailer yeah right you know i mean it's it's kind of a western right um yeah the whole movie is kind of a western i would i would kind of almost call blood simple and raising arizona westerns too in their mm-hmm. own way but um i think the Coen brothers just like playing with that western uh a western i guess motif or that western structure and kind of playing around with it like right? popping it in a into a different era or making place. it making it yeah modernizing it making it um uh a little poppy a little pop culture but also like folksy in a different time and place right yeah um because well, it, it, certainly they do, they do the same thing a few years later with the man who wasn't there i mean not man who was there sorry in no country for old men i mean that's well yeah that's i mean western that's actually well. that's actually labeled as a western it's probably um, the most traditional western they make until they actually make true grit remake right. true grit right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well also though if you think about like the landscape too right like this is snow for as far as the eye can see yeah now granted you go into some suburbs and you see houses and you see you know small towns and and stuff like that like brainerd and but mostly this is it's rural living yeah right and and like there's no difference in that than say arizona uh, you know 50 miles from the grand canyon it's going to be arid and completely i mean it's yeah it's yeah tundras it's a place a place you can very easily die if you don't if you get if, lost, if you don't know it, where you're going, yeah, where you're going, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, it's like now, granted, Minnesota is not a tundra, but tundras are the opposite of of desert. Desert, you know, yeah. so it's the same. They're actually closer. They're more similar than they are opposites. Yep, yep. They're they're, they're dry. Yep, yep. It's just one is full of snow and ice, and the other is full of hot and suck. And yep, spiders. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know which one I'd pick. Probably. I take the tundra. I probably take the tundra. It's easier to get warm than it is to get cool. Yep. Anyway. Anywho, um, yeah. So obviously, the 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 not only is the landscape important, but the people in that landscape are super important. Yeah. Um. And by the way, good on them for having at least one native american person because up there in minnesota there's a lot of native americans Shep. and it's Shep, yeah Shep proudfoot uh steve revis who uh was <laughs> in dances with wolves. peace pipe that fucking kills me every time buscemi <laughs> has so many good lines in this movie yes <laughs> um we should also mention that uh <laughs> <laughs> that Steve Rivas, who plays Proud, uh, Shep Proudfoot, is uh, was also the Indian in the desert in the doors. Where oh, later wow. on, wow. It, later on in in a wonderful joke in uh, in the uh, Wayne's World movies. Oh, is, is that him, the crying Indian? No, it's not. No. But it's like, but it's like, is that a weird naked Indian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're they're kind of riffing on that, weren't yep. they? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think it was the second Wayne's World movie. They I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but anyway, but yeah, he was the he was the Indian head. But he was also uh he had a part in Dances with Wolves. He had um pretty much in the nineties, if there was a movie that had a Native American, he was one of them. Or it, one or the other. But um yeah, he, he has a he has a really, really important line early on in the movie. Um he's like, I don't know him, I can't vouch for him. I don't vouch but, for the other fellow. No shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But, oh god. William H. Macy is such an idiot in this movie. He, he is so wonderfully stupid. He's so good in this yes, movie. Yes, he is. Everybody is great in this yeah. movie. It's it. He's yes. Him and Frances McDormand are are both absolute wonders. And she her win is deserved. I don't understand how Macy didn't win his. I I agree. Like I don't think I've ever seen anyone. Well, few and far between are actors reach his level of like colossal fuck up and playing a nervous person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, but also like to have the he's so overly confident while also being like a total he's a boob but total schmuck like 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 a like a um what's the word i mean how how, well, how can he be so confident that this plan is going to work but also be like such a um uh well, fuck up i guess yeah i mean he he is a he is a person who is so confident things will work out because he wants it to he never yeah. has control over any of it and so not having control like the moment he walked in and saw the steve Bashimi was not alone he should have walked out he yeah. should have said fuck off no but he doesn't because he just assumes because he wants this to work out it will right, right. and right. it's like it's already out of your control jerry yeah. Well, he's also only been told, like, you're clued into the fact that he doesn't have control over the situation because Shep didn't tell him a whole lot, only that they were meeting at the wrong time. Yeah. Right. Which is obviously a lie. Right. Well, I think it's a lie. I would assume it is. Yeah. But, but he didn't have control over anything. He was like no. kind of just going through the motions and thinking it's going to work out, which lends to that whole how could he be so confident in this? Yeah, when you don't Some even know like also, the particulars of it, right? He has no, he has no self confidence to in his in himself, right? In right. Well. He's also I mean, he's, he's he's also desperate. Yeah, which also desperation leads to fuck up, <laughs> and when this he, is a colossal fuck up. When he gets called a liar, a fucking liar, <laughs> in the car dealership, it is one of the most amazing pieces of face acting, like physical drama and and anything i've seen i mean he 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 tells everything you need to tell about who he is and who he thinks he is and that's in that moment like he's so ashamed but he's still not above like doing what he has to do to make an extra four hundred dollars on this sale right yeah. right <clears throat> it's it's something else yeah um He's quite good. He lost to um, it was it was a stacked it was a stacked category that year. Um, lost to James Woods for a Ghost of Mississippi, Edward Norton, Primal Fear, Ar Armin Mueller, Stahl, and Shine, and um, he lost ultimately to Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Which I can see it. I understand it. Well, he yeah. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. <clears throat> created a uh, a meme essentially. Yeah. Is that Jerry Maguire? He said yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all I mean, all, the, all every, were, all every were scene, great performances. Yeah, every yeah. scene he was in was he stole it, you know. So I can kind of understand, it. and yeah. you know, but I think anyway. there's more nuance to Macy and Fargo. Sure, but but yeah, I get it. But the opposite one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <clears> you <throat> know, it could have also been recency bias. I think Jerry Maguire came out later in the it year. Could be. I think that is that the only thing Maguire won too. It could have just been a classic case of spreading it around. Could have been, yeah. Yep. We got we got to give one to the um, to the studio film because it was the only best picture nominee, and it ain't gonna win. Yeah, pretty yeah. sure that's the only thing that won. Anyway, um, I also thought it was funny. Performance. Yes, absolutely. That that first scene in the bar when he meets. Um, oh, I wrote their names down. Carl like, and Guarb. Guarb, yeah, Grimson. Grim, Grimsworth. Oh my God, I can't. Peter Stormare. <laughs> Peter Stormare. <laughs> yeah, just call him Peter. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> but when, when he meets them and, and Buscemi is like telling him how stupid the idea is. Yeah. It's like you're paying us. No, aren't you, aren't you, Rob? What is it? What's the. Robbing what's the, Peter to pay Paul. Pay Paul. Yep. That's, yeah. And he's like, shut up. I know. Just like, it'll work. Yeah, it's like, God damn it, Jerry, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the other people who There's are so classically stupid wrong. It's unreal. Yeah. yeah, the people who are more classically stupider than you are calling you stupid, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, by the way, did anybody else think that Peter Stormare was kind of like proto, like Ryan Gosling? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't th- I didn't, but I can see it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huh. Huh. Not as pretty, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, maybe not as much of a real human being, but um, <laughs> Oh boy, that's a that's a callback from That's a callback. Um days and years ago. <laughs> you're a real you're a real fountain of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Man, goddamn, do you know how important breakfast is in this fucking movie? Yeah. Everybody Where's Pancakes breakfast. House. Where's Pancakes <laughs> House? Pancakes House. <laughs> and and Holy all, shit, that's the most I've heard you speak in two weeks. <laughs> all Carl wants is to get laid and all Peter Stormare once is is to get is to get pancakes. I love yes. I love I love Buscemi's passionate plea though for something different. It's like we just had pancakes. I can't do pancakes. Come on, please. <laughs> hey, I want a place I can get a beer, potentially get laid. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, I I guess I don't need to know, but I kind of want to know is how these two got hooked up, right? Like, yeah, because it feels there? like it feels like that they were, you know, it's like, you know, I feel like, like how, that'd be a good story. Right. Like, you know how like uh, like police shows or movies, it's like, oh, you pissed me off one too many times, Showalter. Now we're going to we're going to we're going to give you a new partner. And it's like, ah, I don't work. I don't work <laughs> with a partner, you know, but I wonder if crime people have that, too. Right. Like, is there a guy? Is there like a crime chief? Who says no? You know, Steve Buscemi, you have to work with a partner, <laughs> and it's going to be this guy. guy. No, yeah. I work alone. <laughs> That's what when you know you have good characters, though, right? Or good yeah. stories that you want to know more. It, it yeah. leaves you enough that you're like, I could watch a whole other hour with these guys that are only in the I'm, movie. For- I'm telling you, I'd watch ten hours with Marge Gunderson. <laughs> I <Yeah>. would. <laughs> She's perfectly used in this movie, though, just, like just the right amount and everything. Oh, I feel like, and it's and what's amazing and always always actually surprises me is she doesn't show up until thirty three minutes into this movie. 
And right. the movie's less than an hour and 40 minutes, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's she's only in basically the last two acts. She's not in the yeah. first act at all. She's in a yeah. half of the last two acts, basically. Yeah. 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 And she absolutely she, steals the show. She does. And she, it's so low key, too. Like, it's unbelievably low key. The one, the one moment I wrote a few notes down about it because I didn't want to forget it was when she is interrogating Shep and how perfectly yeah. like, like folksy and calm and, and, and polite she is while she's completely shaking him down. And threatening right? him, yeah. And threatening she, him. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like that in every scene. Like it's, it's almost like... I don't know how to how to explain it. So she has the confidence and demeanor and almost feels not lack of confidence, but like you don't expect it from her. She's like the opposite of William H. Macy. Yeah. Right. Like she gets things done through calm, um, almost reserved and maybe not fully. I don't know. She doesn't seem overconfident, I guess is right. the word. It's she, not like she's not confident. Trusting, she's trusting her police work, right? Yes. Like well, yeah. Point A leads to point B, leads to point C. And she, well, there's, she, there's two things that she does that, that, that informs her character. And early on in her, one of her first scenes, mm. she tells her deputy, she doesn't like his police work. Yeah. So like, he's, he's wrong. I'm not so sure about your police work there, Charlie, yeah. or whatever his name is. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's Charlie. A lot. <laughs> sure. Uh, probably like Lou. Yeah, I think it's Lou. I think it's Lou. Anyway, I was going to say, it's like, I don't know many Charlies that have that accent. Uh, but anyway. Sure uh, you do. <laughs> but the. Um, <laughs> he just turned into a freaking leprechaun. <laughs> My name's Aloysius, the leprechaun. Aloysius. <laughs> Come down here to Fargo and get me a pot of gold. I have a, I have a, a glass cleaner, an ice scraper on top of me pot of gold. Oh, but uh, the other thing she does is when she meets up with the old school friend and he sits on her side of the table and she like flats out. She's like, no, I don't want you to sit here. And she moved and he moves over. like she's forceful at that point. Too. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. But yeah, pleasantly, she's but not pleasantly forceful. Right, right. right. She's pleasantly forceful, you know, and it's, um, it, it is, you know, so it's like that informs her character right there. I mean, it's like one, she's, she's a good cop and she's smart, but she doesn't play her hand all at once. She's, all, you know, she's kind of like Columbo. Yeah. She's very unassuming. Yeah. 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 She's a little Columbo ish. Yeah. Um, so let's let's just describe this story here, right? Jerry is trying to extort his father-in-law, who's rich, by staging the um, abduction of his wife, which this is like, you know, 50% of Coen Brothers movies is someone's getting abducted or kidnapped, right? Like, <laughs> right. it's their favorite storyline. It certainly happens next week, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm probably exaggerating a little, but yeah, they're trying to extort the the rich father-in-law because Jerry is in some financial troubles from bad deals. Um, he has stolen a car from his own lot by fudging the numbers on loans for them uh, through that, whatever that company, I can't remember what they're called. Um, HVAC, not HVAC, that's, no, I don't remember. 
But anyway, so he's sending Guarb and and the yeah, little he's, fella. He's, yeah, he's, he's taking out basically taking out fraudulent loans using cars on the lot for collateral, but like fudging the the, the vehicles or whatever, so yeah. they can't tell if they're his property or not. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, um, that's the only that's the only thing that it's like I know there's something going on there because like yeah. it turns out that it's like he's essentially like 350 dollars in the hole there right and he's and he knows that since they're questioning it he's got to make the money back because he's got to be essentially pay off the loan that's yeah. like thing number one is he has to pay that loan off or else he's going to be in big trouble for fraud yeah and then thing number two is he has this um car lot I think, right? Parking lot deal. Yeah, he it's wants, parking lot. He wants, which is wants, funny because yeah. this isn't one of the the. This is a thing about park a parking lot um, baron in one of the seasons of Fargo. Yep. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, and so he's got this sweet deal that he, if he can get seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, he can buy this lot, and he thinks it'll it can be a real money maker that he wants his father in law to fund. So he's trying to come up with basically like a million dollars, roughly, you know, pay off this loan and and get money um, to do this lot deal. He thinks thinks his father-in-law doesn't want to invest in it, but then he kind of gives him a glimmer of hope when he says, hey, I had my guy look at it. Um, He says it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, We want you to come in. So he thinks, holy shit, they're actually going to invest. They're going to loan me the money. So then he tries to call off the kidnapping because the kidnapping, he's trying to extort a million dollars from his father-in-law to get his wife back. They're going to kidnap his wife. So now he's like, oh shit, I've got, I've got a thing that might actually happen. And if that happens, I can, I can probably figure out, you know, how to make all this other problem go away and I don't have to have my wife kidnapped. <laughs> right. But that's too late. Like that shit is already in the works. You can tell. Oh, I love, I love the old days when it's like, you just can't call them on the cell phone. No. Nope. Like how, how would this movie work set today? You yeah. know? So you just call the guy. Well, they might, you know, and they might say, well, we want a 40 K anyway, which that's true. they're right. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a criminal, they'd be like, yeah, sure. Well, sure. we had a deal. What a hilarious! He's trying to get a do, million kidnap them, or you give us forty k, a million dollars, and he tells them he's going to ask for eighty k, right, and give them and half. pay them half of it. <laughs> That's yeah. how dumb he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're kind of dumb for doing it for, for the doing it in the first place, but then doing it for forty k. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean that is stupid, but um. But they probably figure, just like he figures, if it's just between them, then nobody's the wiser. Right. And, you know, it's all going to be good. What they don't count on, what he doesn't count on, and he's dumb about this, it's probably the thing he's the dumbest about, is the fact that his type A asshole, you know, control freak father-in-law isn't going to want to be intimately involved in the exchange, he's not just going to hand over a million dollars to his son-in-law, who he al- already thinks is kind is, of a fuck up, right? Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. So he, he, this is kind of funny, right? Because this again, this is this is this is how you write good. 
That's not right. Good. Just saying <laughs> right. Good. Because you do feel sympathy for Jerry because the father-in-law is so hard on him. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Jerry's a, 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 a massive fuck up. He is such a massive fuck up, but I kind of have to sympathize with him a little bit because his father-in-law is such a douche. He's and, been pushed into a corner. You could tell, even if you don't know it, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. And his, his methods for trying to dig himself out of this hole or get out of this corner are terrible, but well, you can also dig tell, himself deeper. <laughs> right. And, but you can also tell from the way his character is, is that he's probably tried multiple other things. Probably. And this is where he's landed, right? Well, like, he's, this not is only his, has he tried multiple other things, he's probably failed at multiple other so, things. So that's why he's $360,000 in the right. hole and needs to do this whole thing in the first place because right. it's bad deal after bad deal, Jerry. That's what he does. Yep. But he does, like in his acting, he even gives you that sympathy, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Can, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You feel but bad it, for him. Uh, but at yeah. the but, same time, you don't feel bad for him. Right. It's good. When, There's a short leash on that. On that. Well, it, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't feel bad for him. First of all, you don't feel bad for him for staging the kidnapping of his own wife. No. no. Um, especially what ends up coming. Uh, what, yeah, what ends up becoming. What ends up that. coming. Which, because Kristen Rudrud, um, she's from Minnesota. Do you think that was an authentic accent or was she playing up an accent? She or was, was probably that, playing up. Um, I, 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 think actually, hers is, I think hers is the best one. So, so here's the thing. Um, my guess is if I had to. If I had to guess, um, so there is a scene in this movie. Uh, actually, I'll come uh, put a bookmark in that real quick. I want to finish okay. the, the point about Jerry. Yeah. Um, I don't feel bad for, for Jerry for having his wife kidnapped. And I don't feel bad for Jerry for um, overselling the car to that couple. No. When, when I mean, we've, we've all dealt with salespeople. Yeah. And we've I worked feel, with salespeople, and, and they fucked us over for him in that scene. A little bit because the customer does step over a line after he. Well, it's not over even for line. that. It's just because you can just see how, how how much he hates himself. Sure, sure, yeah, and and you know, and again, it's desperation. Yeah, he's doing. He's making fuck ups because he's desperate. But it but, is kind of interesting too that he goes to ask his manager. And he just has a normal conversation with this well, guy. He's the manager. He, oh, no, yeah. I know. But he says he's going to have a conversation with his manager. And that conversation, there's zero remorse or guilt or hating himself. Right. 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 So it is. There but, is but like a balance. Like playing, it's teetering there. Yeah. Right. right. And he is yeah. playing the, the typical sales guy, car salesman. Yeah. It's like a classic routine. That, yeah. that, that, old, that old guy got whiskers. <laughs> yeah. But the, the um, but then, you know, it's like. I don't feel sorry for him when he gets the call from the people saying basically, Hey, we need those, uh, we need those VIN numbers. See, Oh, I don't know why I did the, the Minnesota with the, with the thirties. Oh my God. Could you and that guy that? didn't even have the accent either. No, he didn't. No, he's, he's probably like, he's probably like in, uh, you know, I don't know what, what a, one of the other bank, he's probably in uh, Delaware or something. I like that that guy's temperament grows with the movie. Like yeah. the way the movie is feeling at the time yeah. is the way uh -huh. that guy is on the phone. Yeah. It's yep. pretty, yeah. 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 And so that's the, you know, and it's like, I don't feel bad because it's like you defrauded. And it's like, fuck you, buddy. You know, it's like, and then, oh, and then, oh, it drives me nuts when he keeps like, all right, I'll fax it to you. It's like, no. I don't want to fax. That's the problem here, Jerry. Yeah. God damn it, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
but so back to what I was going to say about um, <laughs> about the the local actors. Um, so there is one scene in this movie where uh, Steve Buscemi takes a, a hooker to go see Jose Feliciano. Oh God, perform. that kills me too. That scene was filmed and done at the Chanhassen uh, Repertory Theater. I have been there. I have sat in a seat that was very close to where <laughs> Steve Buscemi was. Uh, I saw Oklahoma there, and it was wonderful. Uh, the but winds anyway, come sweeping down the plane. Yep. Um, <laughs> but then that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful, and the food Actually, is great there too. That's fun. Uh, it, the the because it's dinner theater so the food is really good there too um it's actually like a pretty prestigious place uh, amy adams came out of there um huh. so i'm assuming that some of the local actors probably were chan hassan oh, jose feliciano that's um felice navidad right the guy who who wrote felice navidad i'm pretty sure i don't know let's find pretty out sure that's a real artist he did well it is a real artist um Feliz Navidad. Right now, I'm going to give you guys total yeah, silence did. while Jeff's looking at yeah, it. See how you he like did. it. He also total did a star spangled. He also did a. Thanks, uh, Jeff. Thanks for letting me go through with my joke of total silence, prick. Go ahead. He did. He did. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> he did, and he also yeah. did Good a one. version of the uh, Star Spangled Banner. That oh, was popular. Oh, interesting. Um, it was a personalized slow Latin jazz performance of the well, Star Spangled Christmas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> By the way, do you guys know what unguent is? Wait, what? Unguent. I need unguent when 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 he gets bit. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I couldn't figure out what he was saying. He says unguent. It's like what was that in the the closed caption? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's so weird. I assume it's some kind of like oh, a soft, greasy, or vicious or viscous substance used as ointment or for lubrication huh i would never have heard it called that that is the actual my guess is is that that's probably like some things that we call ointments are probably actually unguents um maybe like um bag bomb is probably not an ointment it's probably an unguent preparation h I'll, I'll go i'll go read my label uh, I'll let you know. Unguent, huh? Unguent. i got a little ahead of us there but i saw it in my notes yeah um but yeah so uh no the uh the chan hassan theater i saw it and i was like i think that's chan hassan and i looked at it and i was like yeah it was awesome that's pretty <laughs> neat there. that's really neat <laughs> and nice. and was the seats i was i was at there was roughly where the because it was <laughs> you know stage what left yeah or no stage right no, stage right yeah stage right so yeah i was stage right so center stage right <laughs> if, only, if only jose uh feliciano was there oh that would have been great but oklahoma was pretty good too <laughs> i mean with jose feliciano you got no complaints for sure sure <laughs> uh um man steve Bushimi, his appetite for hookers <laughs> knows no bounds i was gonna say almost rivals yours (laughs) (laughs) um you know he's he's funny looking guy you know he's just funny funny looking looking. just generally funny looking (laughs) (laughs) bryn was like why can't anyone describe him i'm like you describe him she's like uh 
uh, he's a weird mustache and, and and multiple chins, even though he's a small face. I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess that's something. <laughs> but that, but but, but under a larger umbrella, I would say that's funny looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So where are we? Are we at the kidnapping? Because kidnapping uh, is funny. fucking hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Oh my! Every time the wife goes running someplace, it's hilarious. It is hilarious, and she's <laughs> she's got something covering her head half the time when she's running. She does a great job. She really does. Like, there's yeah. so much physicality to to her performance in this. And yes, most of the movie she has a bag on her head, <laughs> or a shower, or a shower curtain, or a shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> unguent. I need unguent. It's the old, it's the old open up the bathroom window but hide in the shower routine. Yes. Like, I don't know if this was the first time, but it definitely wasn't the last time. She saw it in a hor- the one horror movie she ever watched. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is so common to me. Like, the fact that she's sitting on the couch eating. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, peering through the window, can't see her. And she's, like, with a balaclava on, clearly yeah. in, dangerous looking. In a, in a, in a, a, a crowbar. A yeah, yeah, or a crowbar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's just sitting there watching him, like with more interest than she was watching, or the same interest with which she was watching TV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. as if she was like, "What are those guys doing out there?" Yeah, it's perfection. <laughs> it's like she's still like, it's she's removed herself from the scene until yeah. they actually break the window. It's, it's it's almost like a like a disbelief that something that evil and or that could interesting be, could be on her doorstep or that interesting. interesting yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a. They, they, it's almost like that. What do they call it? The, the Minnesota, kind. Is that what they call it? It's like it's like she's been completely blinded by that, that mentality of like overly polite, right? Yeah, I was kind of oh, okay. I might. Yeah. I, I think they call this, it Minnesota kind. I don't know. Maybe, I was trying to explain this to Bryn a little bit. Because there's that feeling of the, like, and it's weird how it's played in this movie because nobody really overreacts. Minnesota nice. It's Minnesota nice, nice. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. No, Minnesota nobody fats. really. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying with your techno brandly. What? Uh, what am I trying to say now? I've been derailed. Well, you're, you're talking about like you know how how nobody react overreacts to anything. But 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 this stuff doesn't happen here, right? Yeah. Like. Like, this is the kind of town where everybody knows each other. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is polite to one another. They may speak a little between each other, behind each other's backs occasionally, sure. but it's probably sure. just gentle ribbing. But, like, it's weird how when this, you know, the next scene or a couple scenes from now when people actually are murdered and stuff like that, everyone's kind of even about it almost it's interesting how they play in this but yeah these people the minnesota nice that's a way to describe it like they're they just kind of almost earn disbelief that there's a guy in a balaclava on her porch with a wrench like what could be even happening here does this right, guy need right. to change his tire does he need help yeah, change right. his tires probably yeah. what she's thinking i think it's also it's you know i i think to a certain extent it's also like like you were kind of saying it's like that sort of stuff it, uh, those types of things those types of of out there kind of thing these big kind of violent things or these big kind of things you only see news stories about you never expect to see it for yourself right if you if you live someplace like you said small or out in the middle of nowhere like you know the the whole thing about what happened in brainerd 
the night before we haven't even talked about the there's are there are already three murders deep yeah. now that happens after the 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 oh, that, that, oh yeah. that is you're right you're right you're right uh but that's that is huge news for a place like brainerd absolutely you know so yeah it's like yeah, they, no one's actually been killed yet with the that's kidnapping. right you're right you're right yeah, I, it's a but the body count's about to get crazy yeah. blood about, is about to be shed blood has been shed jerry <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good buscemi I want to give you one on the impersonation count here. Yeah, you know, right. oh, he's giving, yeah, he's giving you one. <laughs> um, there are other year-end rewards for this. Yes. <laughs> Jason had one successful impersonation this yes. year. Yes. That's better than and, last year. And he had one. And he had one successful Aloysius. Aloysius pronunciation. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm on like a streak here. You yeah, are you're on man. fire. You should God, try to hum. We- you should try to hum something later. <laughs> oh my god! Oh Let's my not god! Go crazy, Chuck. Yeah. Let's not go crazy. If only, if only we ever covered, only ever covered the 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 Coen Brothers stuff. Jason would just be knocking the shit out. Of him. He wouldn't yeah. even need us anymore. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Unguent. Unguent. So anyway, yeah, she pulls the, the whole open the window, hide in the shower thing, and when. Uh, Stormare goes up there and finds his unguent. <laughs> he realizes she's in the shower and she, she jumps out like a lunatic, runs out the door and falls down the stairs, basically incapacitating herself for him to pick her up. And well, he even pokes her. To yeah. See if she's still like alive. <laughs> every time, every single time I watch this movie, and I don't know why. I think she's dead there. Yeah. 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 I do too. too. And I think, I think it's because we know what ultimately happens, but there's an even funnier running away scene later. Yeah. (laughs) Later. Yeah. It's like, uh, anyway, (laughs) but they, um, yeah, Carl and Gare, however you pronounce it, Gare. when they're trying, they're they're going from Brainerd to the Twin Cities near a lake somewhere. I forget, I forget what lake they're going to. Um, they get pulled over by a cop. Moose Lake is where they're going. Moose Lake, and uh, Buscemi's character, Carl, is like, "I'll take care of this," and he tries to give the cop fifty dollars. Yeah, I just figured we'll take care of it right here in right here in Brainerd. Right here in Brainerd. Doesn't work. He's told to step out of the car, and when the cop leans in, Gerd, Gerd. Well, he tells him he wants to. Yeah, tells him to step out of the car. Did you say that? Sorry. Yes, he tells him to step out of the car, and then he leans forward for some reason, um, and Stormare just the the girl in the back. Oh yeah, the girl in the back. That's why he leans yeah. leans yeah. in, and then Stormare shoots him in the head, and oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> and Brindley's like, why is he saying this? I should say this now. She did not like this movie, which kind of surprised me. Huh. That is shocking. Like, I've been, I've had a decent track record with like favorites from my lifetime with her. Not so much my first child. They don't like movies anyway, for the most part, yet. Um, but yeah, she was not into this at all. And I was like, She's on her phone the whole time. And I'm like, you just watch the movie with me. It's 98 minutes. She's like, it's boring. And I'm like, it's not boring. Like, what did, oh, did, did you watch man. Bryn? Did you watch uh, Hut Sucker Proxy with Bryn? No, she didn't watch it. Okay. I was going to say, it's like, that's a longer movie that's a lot slower than this one. And it's right. 
this one is this there is something to look at in every bright white shot of snow <laughs> there's something to look at in this movie this i agree and this movie is like like almost like breaking bad to me in in the sense that every little scene that seemingly doesn't mean anything ultimately ends up meaning something in the end there's payoff to almost every like because i get it it's kind of slow at times right like the movie is kind of slow at times not much it's pretty brisk for me but i can get where a kid would be like i'm bored with these little conversations yeah like the scene where where uh the the husband takes the the sandwich to he takes arby's to 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 uh francis norman yeah to marge and and they're talking about the you know he's painting a duck for (laughs) for a contest which is weird but that's but that's an interesting like we are learning things about these people that they are not like she has a life outside of her uh, of her copying whereas the you know peter stormare i don't think has a life outside of killing people no he just has pancakes house he has pancakes (laughs) house and and (laughs) sashimi is banging hookers And and he's got no other life outside of being a scumbag, you know, and it's like those are interesting character traits that are necessary sometimes for you to understand why some people are better at things than other people. Yes. That's how I look at it. And I do I do want to kind of close the book on on Brinley here because all kids watch movies with their phones in their faces, it seems like these days. Sure. But she was smart enough to notice something I never really even noticed. Like Marge gets her breakfast every day. Like her husband, um, son of a Gunderson makes her breakfast when she's at Hardy's that moment out of town. And she takes a bite out of her sandwich and kind of looks at it. She's like, Oh, he, she misses her husband's breakfast. I'm yep. like, I never even really thought of that. Like, so they're they're paying attention somehow i don't know yeah. but let's move on <laughs> <laughs> moving on um yeah no the um yeah so yeah so then as they are dealing with the cop's body a couple of other jokers just drive by just in the wrong place at the wrong time and Stormare realizes uh-oh they've seen uh carl they probably have seen me. They can absolutely identify the car because they're, they're rubbernecking. Right. And the sooner we get turned in, the worse it is for us, obviously. Like as soon as somebody calls, the manhunt is on. Yep. And so he books out and chases them down, uh, loses them or thinks he has. And then he notices, Oh no, they've, they've turned over on the side of the road. I love that. He just flat out kills them and it's cruel it's mean but it 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 again it's the little things guys it's the little things it indicates how quickly this is going to get out of hand even for these quote-unquote professionals that you know it's like he he is a wild card and it's only going to get worse because he's involved well i mean the the cones clearly learned how to tell us someone is the devil without telling us they're the devil yep between their last two movies basically like this guy is legit like evil yeah evil 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 and there is nothing that i mean this guy can't do anything with a light touch 
All Bushimi, his problems are served solved with a hammer. Yeah. Exactly. Bushimi might be able to, but he's kind of an idiot. But or he's kind of a no, he's, he's more really, sensible. He's, not, he's, he's more, more sensible. sensible, but he's he he's he's always someplace else. He's always like he wants to he wants to find a place to get laid. He wants to he doesn't want the pancakes. He wants a place to get laid. He wants to he wants to go. He's he's nuts because he can't find anything on the TV because the the reception's bad. He's a little too scatterbrained, but he actually has a softer touch. Well, um, the other I mean, guy is 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 like you said, a sledgehammer. But but I mean, think about the options at this point, right? I mean, they're not in the situation they're in because of Peter Stormare. They're in a situation they're in because Carl didn't put the tags on the license plate. Right. Well, that's and, true. And, yeah. and and the state trooper hears something. He's going to fully investigate it. Unless they kill this guy, they're going to prison. Mm-hmm. So they're being arrested, right? So he does the only thing really that's left to do. And it's a fucking nightmare train to hell from here on out. Yeah. Sure. But that decision, like, let's be honest here. I know what you're saying, and this is a movie. I don't know if half a percent of people would make the choice he made. Well, I agree. I mean, he's a, he's a bad man. Yeah. But I mean, we got criminals. Sure that's, but they're criminals. Yes. I mean, Crim- you know, not all criminals kill people. True. But then, yeah. you know, Carl well, kills also, his fair share in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure, he's but, like William H. Macy almost. Like, it's out of desperation. The, yeah. The, the yeah. way he's pushed into a corner. Yeah. Well, right. But also, I would I would also say, though, that. I'm not saying it's a good choice, but it's. No, absolutely not. I just no. wanted to keep it in context with this. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's not a moral honest, choice. Honestly, yeah. they could have just sped off. They could have done that. That's true. Yeah, that feels because, like probably what what Carl Bashemi would have done, but he but he's freaking out because yeah. he didn't expect the cop to be dead and bleeding and bleeding all over his jacket. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I think if Stormare had drove, and plus, I think they would have sped off. I don't know. The plates aren't there, so I don't know if they they don't know how much the cop is caught or captured from them to be able to, you know, like have called in already or can lead back to them. Right. So, yeah. But they're, Speeding, they're also, they're also not really smart enough to investigate that and get no. one very key piece of evidence that they leave behind the DLR. Yep. Yep. Which is funny because he was in the car. Yeah. He sat in the car, he turned off the lights and he waited yep. for storm air to come back. We don't see that, but Marge, like, Margie is so good. She completely explains everything that happens. Like all of her inferences, all of her inferences are spot on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Love her. Ah, Love her. Good stuff. Um, She's also just like keeping it together. I don't imagine they see very many, very many triple homicides in the that's what i'm saying the way they play that the way they play her reaction and all of their reactions to this thing that never happens is interesting and of course it's it leads up to like a great joke right the one that was in all the trailers with the with the morning sickness oh yeah oh well that passed right yeah you know that she's like reacting to the violence of the scene but she's pregnant she's she's feeling nauseous yeah (laughs) Well, that that's the yeah. I mean, it, that's it's so kind good. Of great. I mean, that's it, perfect writing. It yep. indicates that she would very much be able to be a cop in the big city as well as you know yeah. 
out in the middle of she's nowhere. She's got the she's got the, the she's stomach got the for it, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and the and which, the chops to boot. Which on which honestly, if you think about it, there are a lot of things that people in rural areas have better chops for than than people in in non rural areas. And so, for all we know, she may be lived on a farm where she's found dead animals all blood the time. and guts are not foreign to them yeah exactly so yeah. you know i mean that that's that's a little extra inference there on that but that's sure, I mean, sure. that's something you know um it is something to consider and and that's why you can't ever um you can't ever underestimate people out there in those types of situations being able to handle you you know how they're able to handle violence or or right sure you know stuff like that um but all of that um so you know we we meet marge at this point and she's woken up and it's like oh oh that bad huh you know it's like like she's not even reacting that harshly Uh over the phone it's like wow there's a triple homicide but eh, okay you know um (laughs) I'll be there in a jiffy. <laughs> and, and so uh, good old so, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Good old John Carroll Lynch. He makes her, uh, you know, he makes her uh, breakfast because everybody needs breakfast in this movie. And they, and she's off and she, she investigates everything. And she, she got, she gets it right. You know, the cop dies first. These two people drove by, saw what happened you know the car overturned one person was shot execution style and the other person was killed in the car and it's like wow it's like she watched the movie it's like she read the script <laughs> of what happened she immediately knows what dlr is yep. in the in the cop's book yep. i don't know if i agree with your police work there lou yeah um real good stuff there so so she knows they're looking for dealer plates and um did they get the make of the car? I think she got yes. the make of the car too. Make a model. Sierra. Yeah. Yeah. Tan yeah. Sierra. Looking for Tan Sierra. Tan Sierra with the other plates. That was that was all the, the state trooper left behind. Yeah. It's enough. It's enough. She does pretty well with, with the information that she has. Yeah. Which is funny because it's like she knows where to go. And at that point, like many other crimes, all she has to do is wait for the criminals to fuck up. She's in the right place at the right time. Um, she's not quite, I wouldn't say that she's quite a Clary Starling. She's not in the right place at the right time. She's in the right place a little late. Well, but she, she knows where to head and she, right. she, she, she has enough to follow the breadcrumbs and she knows like she's on to, to Shep and to Jerry. Absolutely. All well, I'm saying is she's she's definitely a good cop, but she arrives a little late. Sure. To where she needed to be. Yeah, and they, they have, um, yeah. You know, I mean, they also have several hour, you know, several hours ahead of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, absolutely. She, she's 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 in their back trail at this point because right. she's she's looking um, at the hotel that they were at before they even did the kidnap. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what leads her to the next thing. She's like, oh, there was a car with the other plates here at this hotel. There were, um, from their room, there were two calls made. One of them was to a dealership. Yeah. No, it was to, it was to Shep. It was to Shep. To Shep. Yep. And then Shep leads her to the dealership, right? Yep. So it all, like, 
it's pretty good, you know. It all connects, and she puts it together. When she, I want to talk for a real quick moment here. The scene where she's interviewing the two hookers. <laughs> oh god! Oh, you slept with the little fella. <laughs> yeah, and the the whole like her just kind of. <laughs> I don't even know what the right word is, but while the one girl is talking about how, yeah, she took some college or she took some school (laughs) courses or whatever. She's like, Oh, did you now? And it's like, okay. Yeah. But let's get back on topic here. You you (laughs) slept with the little fella. Um, (laughs) She has patience, but she's leading the conversation. Right. But it's, it's so pleasant while also being like, so unsavory The you know, it's like, and like it's so funny also like the two girls are so bubbly too like they're, like they're not even yeah like it's like they're it was yeah. like a good time yeah exactly and then um i like when she's, she's like so okay so you were you were sleeping with the funny looking fella um and was there anything else you know and it was like well he was uncircumcised <laughs> Yeah, is there anything that else that you would use to describe him funny? <laughs> but then they do give one key information, a bit of key information, because they say they were heading towards the Twin Cities. Twin Cities. Yeah. Yep. So that at least gives her like a a destination. Yep. But Twin um, Cities are big. Yeah, and it's in the middle of the night also that she gets a call from her friend. Not in the middle of the night, but it's like late at night. She's gone to bed. She gets a call from oh, her old God. school friend. God. Mike Yanagat, Yanagita. Yeah. What a weird fucking thing, but I love it. It's yeah, so I know. Good. It's so weird, but yet it's so, so fine. But that's I mean, weird. It is. It is. It is like, it's giving you a little bit about her character, her, her background and, and allowing you to, to show her ability to be kind, but also like have boundaries. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, you get so much from her in that in those two scenes um and then the third one where she finds out that mike's full of shit yeah. <laughs> oh yeah he's she's fine linda cooksey is fine you should you call should her. give her a call <laughs> <laughs> i think i went more to a brooklyn accent there yeah we 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 totally butcher these accents I love it. <laughs> there's another um just small important thing because um Jerry is such a knucklehead. Even his child, his child, who is also a knucklehead, is like, but what if this, what if something goes wrong? Yeah. Like something that that Jerry hasn't even considered that this abduction could go wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, everything, your your grandpa and I are going to handle it. Everything's going to be fine. And then he... (laughs) When he closes the door, what is it? The accordion king of the Midwest? What the fuck is that poster <laughs> that's on the door? Did you guys see that? I didn't see that. No. But that that is that's so amazing, totally though. a Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota thirteen-year-old kid. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's on his bed. Ask door. Accordion king. <laughs> Ask Carolyn what family she grew up in in the bluegrass in the he's bluegrass a, family young, that they're uh, in. aspiring weird owl. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. it's pretty funny. It's a funny poster to see at that moment. <laughs> um, where are we at here? I kind of. Um, well, we're Marge in Twin is, Cities at this point. She's, I like, she's tracking I like down when, the leads. I like yeah. when um. She says, she, well, I guess I'll have to drive up there or down there or over there. I don't know where. Um, 
and uh, John Carroll Lynch, her husband, gives a oh yeah, like oh yeah, like the oh yeah is so versatile in this. Like, yeah. There's a range of use, right? It's like it's like you know saying fuck. There's lots of different ways that can be interpreted. Um, the oh yeah is kind of the same thing, and he says it in a concerned way, like oh we didn't talk about this. Are you right. sure about that? I don't know if I approve, right? Yep. Yeah, and it's pretty good, and it's that's all it is. There isn't a conversation that you see that they have, even though they probably do. Um, but it's important, right? Yeah, right. Well, um, it speaks it's like to their Je- under- it's like Jeff would say, it's the little things. Yeah. Well, it speaks <laughs> and, and to their relationship. And there are different ways that that can be used too. Uh huh. They're they're yeah. under yeah the, or little fellas. Yeah. It's the little fellas. <laughs> He's uncircumcised. Um, <laughs> it speaks to their understanding of one one another. Like yeah. they have a relationship that is it. Not everything needs to be spoken in, mm-hmm. and a lot of this movie is about perspective, right? Like your perspective on your current situation. It's it's outlined pretty heavily at the end of the movie, I think. But uh, yeah, like their relationship is just. It's beautiful. It's small. It's small town love that just works. They just work together. I mean, that is that's the whole punctuation point of the movie. Yeah, is that sentiment? You know, right? Which are not. You know, we've still got an act to go or so. But yeah, that's that's kind of like the the niceness of this movie. Yes. Yes. Um. So we've we've brought up the 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 father-in-law yes Let, let's get to that now because that's really really important once he enters in because jerry's got to make the uh the the pitch to or he's trying to make the pitch about this parking lot and at first that family dinner um uh, uh uh what is his name in this wade wade is not interested he thinks ah you're 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 an idiot to go into parking lots i knew a guy who lost all you know i've lost money on parking lots before right and so then, it's probably it's probably the guy from the season what season was that two yeah i think he the is the guy who, actually, who lost his money in parking lots i think, I it, think it is to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he then says you know but then he says just look it over wade and he does with his with his uh, business partner um <clears throat> Who is it that is it Riley? Oh, Stan Grossman? Yeah, it's Grossman. Stan oh, Gross. Grossman. Yeah, yeah okay. Stan so Grossman. Stan Grossman. Yeah, okay. So Stan Grossman looks it over. It was Stan it's Stan Grossman, right? Stan yeah, Grossman's Stan, the guy Stan we're Grossman. Stan, Stan Grossman's the guy we're gonna talk about here. So Stan Are Grossman. we making a joke? So Stan now? Grossman looks it over. Stan yeah. Grossman looks it over and he says it's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so but then but the but the problem is, well, well, is hold that on. Are you talking about Stan Grossman? Yeah. We are talking about Stan. Yeah. I had to do the joke once. Definitely, definitely. Are. <laughs> Fair oh yeah. Well, we're talking oh, about yeah. Larry oh, yeah. Brandenburg, who plays Stan Grossman in 1996 <laughs> Fargo. <laughs> oh, so, yeah? But, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you betcha. So anyway, but but they uh, but they kind of fuck oh, Jerry over a little bit because yes, I think do. big time. Yeah. I think they absolutely fucking know that Jerry's asking for this loan. Yeah. Oh, they sure do and the sure oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah they they should yeah. do oh, over yeah. there now no you don't you know um but anyway so they the only they, thing they don't know is his finder's fee 
Right. So it's like they they basically take this from him. Yeah. And it is fucking dirty. We're not a bank. Uh, right. It's like we're not a bank, Jerry. That's what Stan Grossman says. Um <laughs> anyway. <Who's he? laughs> Stan Grossman. Oh, stop, both of you. Anyway, so hey, I'm listen. cooperating here. Everybody's I'm cooperating. Here. <laughs> so anyway, so they, they take they literally take it from him because the name that can't be named anymore says, Well, I hope you don't mind that we move on this, Jerry. So Jerry now has nothing like he is fucked up so badly that he doesn't even have his deal anymore. He, you know, he's fucked himself out of his finder's fee. <laughs> yes. 10%. I mean, it gets worse. It gets worse. 75 K. I mean, Hey, but, Oh, something. everything is bad, but, but I mean, he is, he is such a moron to, I mean, like he's swimming with sharks, right? Yeah, like these right. guys are sharks and he, he wants to be a shark. He's a minnow. He's a minnow. But it does get worse for him because he still has the drop to which he stands to make 9.94. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> but now nine hundred ninety four thousand nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars Thank you. Thank there you. you. Nine sixty. Uh, but there's really. been bloodshed now. Though. You're right. You're right. Because but there's been bloodshed. Bloodshed, yeah, there's been bloodshed they the Jerry. Whole, they want the whole 80K now. Right. Which is like, okay, fine. Fuck which it. he argues. Okay. What a fucking... Because he's a moron. Because he's a moron. <laughs> he's a doofus. But, yeah. Um, so he, yeah. So basically, everything is is fucked at this point. He doesn't have his deal. Um, the there's been bloodshed, Jerry. And <laughs> by the way, also Steve Bashimi is leaving the the package with the fucking maniac who already has told uh, wifey poo that you keep making fucking noises i will shoot you or something yeah 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 <laughs> and so he uh it this spirals so far fucking out of control oh yeah instantly oh oh yeah i oh, mean yeah. it uh well he it it, it kind of for um after the triple homicide which is pretty already bad it's pretty bad um Carl's they're gonna they're it. gonna need they're gonna need <laughs> they're gonna need uh bill murray money to be able to get out of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did it i did it <laughs> they're gonna need ernie Mc, they're gonna need big earn money to get out of that that charge <laughs> i can do anything i'm a, I'm a big earns above the law <laughs> big earns um but but anyway, Car- Carl goes to switch the plates on the car before he does the the swap because he's yeah. going to be the one to go pick up the money. Oh my god! Jerry, the- he thinks he and thinks, and then probably like lead him to his wife. I assume is the plan. I don't know exactly. Um, but I don't um, want I don't want to park here. I don't want. Yeah. I decided not to take the trip. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my God! And yeah, he's like, he's like, well, I still have to charge you the four dollars. Let's like, oh, you do, you do. Is this like a? Do you think you're an authority figure? Is this a power trip for you? It's like you <laughs> fucking man. Oh my God! It's so ridiculous. And this again is like, it's four dollars, dude. Yeah, Just pay it. Like it's you're so- drawing so much attention to yourself, right? But no, no, he he does, he does pay it, but he doesn't pay the next guy. <laughs> no. He's had it with parking attendants. 
<laughs> it's funny how much parking lots pay, play into this, just lots in yeah. general. Uh-huh. Yep. Car lot, parking lot, parking structure. How lots many shots is a, straight lots down is a on a lot with a single car? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that happens. Oh, yeah. When Jerry walks out dejected. Oh, that's just his car tracks yep. alone. And the, like, there's no more singular way to show like you're alone. Oh, yeah, so, and, so, and he's so pathetically scraping his until his, he starts his, slamming it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chill. yeah. Yeah. But then so, um, yeah, but the whole time. So it's like, you know, Jerry's given the deal to, you know, like he finds out that his wife's been, you know, been abducted. He calls Wade and Wade is not going to be somebody who gives authority to anybody else. Yeah. He now granted guy you can't name anymore. And now to be honest with you, I forgot his name now. Stan Grossman. Oh my God. There it is. (laughs) Um, We've said it so much. It has floated away from my brain. Um, but anyway, he, you know, he's like, at first he's like, well, wait, I think I'm on Jerry's side here. Uh-huh. We don't yeah. know what these people are going to do. We are not, we do not have control over this to which you think, oh my God, Jerry's going to, it's going to actually, he's not going to pull it off, but, but, the, but he'll get his wife back or whatever, you know? And yeah. so, but Wade never lets up and, and to be kind of honest with you, he earns his spot in the fucking ground. Yeah, it's pretty. He really dumb. does. It's pretty darn tooting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, granted, it's like he is right about Jerry that Jerry's an idiot, but Wade is so tunnel vision that he must have control over everything. Fuck yeah, he should be. You know, it, like, you, what did you expect it to go another way, Wade? Right. You know, means, right. His perspective is wrong. Exactly. That's why the, a lot of this movie is about your perspective and how you're reading situations, right? Like, and there's only one person who reads any situations right in this movie, besides Mar- Scotty. Mar- oh, Scott, sure, Scotty. <laughs> but Mars, absolutely. Like, because she has to give perspective to her own husband about the whole art contest. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like she's the only one who actually has proper mature, mature <laughs> observational perspective. Right. Um. Yeah. So Wade is like, I'm gonna do the drop, right? Is that where we're at? I don't. Well, know. Well, we might as well get there. I mean, because yeah. there's there there's there's multiple scenes of Jerry telling Wade that no, they made it very clear I have to be the one, and and Wade is like, I ain't giving you a million dollars, you dummy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So right, so, yeah, and this so, so Wade takes off with the money to do the the drop, and this is kind of rock bottom for Jerry. Yeah, because oh, yeah. now he's, he's lost the only leverage he has on yeah. anything. Right. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead, Jason. He has, he has nothing at this point. I mean, what's he going to do? The only thing he can do is what he does, and he follows Wade to the to the exchange site. Which is what the fuck is he going to do there? I don't know. Just kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can. I don't know. I don't know. But he, he's got to do something, right? Uh, right. I, I, don't like, I don't know. Because <laughs> he's not getting his wife back this way. No. Nope. No, not. unless Wade goes all like Chuck Norris on Steve Buscemi, which I guess could happen. <laughs> but I want to actually, I want to see that. <laughs> but, but Wade, you know, gets shot. Buscemi just shoots him. Yeah. Like, he's like, who the fuck are you? Which is yeah. accurate. Where is Jerry? Yeah. Accurate. You dumb fuck. Right. You know? Yeah. So shoots him. And then um, Wade, Wade gets a shot off and grazes um carl's 
chin. It's a little bit more, a little bit more than great. Cheeky, cheeky. Oh, it's good. It's a good. It's a good gouge. Yeah, it doesn't go he, through his face, but it cuts off a lot of his cheek. Yeah, yeah. it goes yeah. like it, it, it gets it gets a nice little like uh, ditch in his yeah. side of his face. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, it's it's bad enough. He has to, then Carl he has to pick up the job. He has to pick up a whole a whole mass of snow and stick it to his face. Oh, it's Stan it's, Gross, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but then he sees how much money he. Well, he takes the money. He goes. He leaves. He does pull over at one point. He sees how much money it is. Well, wait. We we got one more one more parking attendant. Oh, Open yeah. the fucking gate. Open the fucking gate. And he just looks at it. And then when when Jerry arrives, uh-huh. uh, we find out he didn't open the gate. He he, yeah. he went through it with the car and he shot the. He fucking thing. shot me. Yeah. So what, what's the body count at this point? That's three, five, five, four, five. five but there's but there's one five, waiting. Yeah. There's one waiting. Yes. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So basically, he realizes, holy shit, there's a lot more money here than what we thought. Yeah. So he yep. takes the eighty, and then buries the nine point. Well, what nine hundred thousand twenty nine hundred twenty thousand dollars in the bag in the snow. Which is funny because we never see that again. Oh, yes, we do. We do? Not in this movie, but we see it again. We see it in uh, the show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm just, which is really good. It's really well connected to this story, but go ahead. Sorry. And it's not forced at all. It's like really, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. But like, yeah, I mean, in the, in the vernacular of this movie, you never see that money again. No, that money is uh, for all we know lost. I mean, there, there's probably some, some cows that are living up pretty fucking good in Brainerd right now. Yeah. They found it. They got their cows wearing goat necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> One cow goes over, opens it up, and looks at the other cow and goes, moo? And the other one's like, oh, moo. <laughs> and then the, they, and they the take, cow's like, and the last one's like, Grossman. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah. The other cow comes up, Stan Grossman. <laughs> he's, he's my guy for all these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to call Stan Grossman. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really sweet necklace you got there," said Sam Grossman. <laughs> so then, I'm, I'm uh, the goat of cows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are aces. One of the uh, so basically, they, they he goes back and he gets back to Moose Lake. He comes in. Uh, uh, Gare is watching yeah. um, soap operas. The uh, hey. Guess who's in the soap opera? Yeah, Bruce Campbell is. Yeah, yep, the <laughs> yep. mighty chin. Um, Can't miss it. And so he um, he looks over. He sees a pile of of human on the floor, and it's like, well, what happened to her? And he's like, well, she wouldn't shut up. Yeah. And it's like, what happened to you? It's like I got fucking shot. You should see the other guy. You should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty good line. That's it is funny. a good line. That's a pretty good line. He's like, here's your forty thousand. I'm keeping the Sierra. Fuck off. I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm I've been listening to your shit for two weeks after earlier saying Man, you never talk. talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, he's like <laughs> He's like that's a slow burn joke, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. I've been listening to your shit for two weeks. <laughs> He's like literally called him a mute before. Yeah, yes. right. 
<laughs> but then he's like, how do you split a fucking car? Do you saw it in half? I should have let you do that, Jason. Since yeah, I know. I'm such a good Bushani impersonator. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he, again, this he is another off. dumb move, right? Just yep. give him the car. Just give him the give car. Him the Take your car. truck. Get and the go fuck get, out of it. Go Take your nine point million fucking yeah. dollars. Yeah, your yeah. nine point nine million dollars. Yeah, yeah, as I so rightfully incorrectly said earlier. Yeah, his his ninety two <laughs> bucks is waiting for him out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got, he's got nine dollars and twenty cents out in the fucking yeah, desert of the just, of the snow. Just like, go get it. Go buy a parking it. lot. Bro. Go buy a parking <laughs> lot with it. Maybe right, don't anyway, kill the, the help, but, yeah, but anyway, so did. he walks off and grrr, comes up with a fucking axe. Yeah. And oh, yeah, that's he, the end of, of Carl. Yeah, he Jack Torrance is him pretty good. He, yeah, he, yeah he's he Paul he got, Bunyan. He gave him the Scatmore, Scatman Crothers treatment. Yeah, it's sure it's uh, Paul Bunyan, right? Like, yep. Brainerd. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, uh, you know, he wish he yeah. had a blue I guess letter. That box. was a sneaky, sneaky, um, um, that guy's that guy. Oh shit! Never Stan mind. Grossman. Keep going. Stan Grossman. Keep going. Stan Grossman's anyway. axe. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Chekhov's axe. Chekhov's axe. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fuck! I'm done. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Good so thing anyway. there's not much left. Yeah. Um, so this is the this is the other thing everybody remembers from this movie is about to happen. Yeah. Marge is driving home. Basically, she's not really finding much more to really investigate. As she's driving along, she finds the Sierra. She's like, "It's my car. It's the car." No, she's going out to she the got lake a tip. On a tip. She got a tip. From That's that, right. From the That's guy right. earlier. I'm sorry. She was talking about. Um, who saw a funny, a funny looking fellow who was looking oh my for God. looking for an escort, essentially. Yeah, They're looking for action. He's like, "Well, I'm yep. not that kind of guy." He's like, yeah. "Do I you look like I'm that, that kind of guy?" guy? Yeah, he's like, "You think I'm that kind of guy?" Oh my God, that story is great. It's that story wonderful. is great. The best line at the end is like, "It looks like it's going to get cold." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a storm front moving in, and they're both like up to the gills and jackets and shit. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. it's going to get cold. Oh yeah perspective oh my god it's great but anyway so he's uh, um but yeah you're right he gets that sheriff or that cop gives marge that tip yeah right yeah but this was her basically this is her last stop i mean because she is talking about basically she's she's starting to run a little dry here she's gonna drive the lake and see what happens and see what happens and what does she see her car yeah Um, i see my car and before that, we should mention she also had kind of pressured Jerry into doing a lot check to see oh, if there yeah. had been a missing car. And, and, and he, and he just drives off. And she's like, he's, he's, fleeing, the, he's he, fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. To put it in Jeff's terms, he beat Cheeks. He, he beat, beat Cheeks. cheeks. He beat Cheeks. <laughs> did. He's, he's yeah. fleeing the interview. To put it in the vernacular the of Jeff. I love her. Yeah. Who the yeah. hell is she talking to? Yeah. And then she's like, how do I get a call out on this phone? <laughs> She's so great. Yeah. Because uh, I think she was like, press nine. So they're all <laughs> gone to Jerry. They just have to find the, the kidnappers. Yeah. Right. So Jerry's gone. <laughs> we see him only once more for the rest of the movie. In his skivvies. Yeah. He's in, in the skivvies. wind. He's in the wind for about three hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because he's he that much make. of an idiot. Yep. He probably checked in under Stan Grossman's name. Uh, <laughs> Chuck hates us. He hates us so much, Jason. 
<laughs> so anyway, she finds the car. She hears uh, something going on in the back. Sounds like some grinding or something going on. And, yeah. And so she's going to go check. And well, whatever's grinding is spitting out a bunch of bunch of red, bunch of Kool Aid, yeah, bunch of Kool Aid. It's like yeah. this this guy really oh, likes yeah. his Kool Aid. Oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Brinley was like, is he really sawing the car car in half? <laughs> we heard the sound. That's funny. Yep. That's really great. Funny. Yep. That's oh funny. my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it is Carl in the wood chipper. And uh, that's, of course, everybody remembers, you know, yep. the, the wood chipper business. It's now the second best wood chipper scene I've ever seen. It used to be the first. What's the what's the first one? Tucker and Dale versus evil. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, but there is one thing that happens God, here, though. It's goddamn fucking college kid. <laughs> He just threw himself into the woods. <laughs> just killed himself all over your property. <laughs> <laughs> but but the one thing that Tucker and Dale doesn't have is Peter Stormare taking one of the legs and throwing oh. it at Francis McNorman. So good. That's so good. <laughs> and he runs off. And, and uh, she gets, shoots him in the leg. She gets him in the leg. And what I love is she's seven months pregnant. He's got you know, leg wound, but she still somehow manages to, to arrest them arrest and, him ass. and get yeah. him into her cruiser. Yeah. I don't, we don't see how that happens, but and happens. her, her dressing down of what he did and her just yeah. not understanding the cruelty of it. Yeah. It's fucking so wonderful. great. Yeah. That is, that is. And for what? And a for a little what? bit of money. Yep. That well, it's is a bookend. She says it's a beautiful day. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. And you look outside and it's snow you could see for everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about perspective. But then you have it. And I wish they ended on this. I guess they had to do the William H. Macy corralling. But the, the cop car is coming over the hill like William H. Macy did at the beginning of the movie would have been just a good way to fade to black. I think yeah. like, you know, William H. Macy's going to get caught. I like, but then I again, like how they actually end it, though. Yeah, I I do, too, with her going home. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. But they I mean, no, I mean, but the, that's more of an epilogue, right? Like the yes. everything that happens after the car going, that's the epilogue. And so we're just we're just tying up the loose ends. Right. That's, that's remaining. Um, but yeah, she you know, it if if they weren't go, if they couldn't do it because it would have given away what ends up happening. But like that, that little monologue to Peter Stormare, that is what you would have shown at the Oscars to say, this is why she won. You know, it's yeah. her, it's her final perspective on everything. Yeah. It's the punctuation. Right. It's, the, sure. it's the punctuation of the story, but you can't do that. So, you know, you would have to show the scene earlier when she's getting morning sickness, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, or a scene with, with William H. Macy, but still, um, she does go home, finds out that 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 her husband did get his his mallard did get picked for a, only a three cent stamp though, not yep. the twenty nine cent, not the twenty nine cent. But hey, there's an upside to this. You got to have the little ones for when for when they they raise the prices. Oh, yeah, so before can't. they before they made forever stamps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. True. Nobody tell them about forever stamps. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But, uh, but you know, she was right at one, once upon a time, but yeah. that's how they would have had to. And then, and then he's, he's like, we've, we've got it. Pr- right. He, she says, we've got it pretty good. Don't we? Yeah. You know, there's this, there's this 
contentment. They're just have this underlying happiness to their lives. Yeah, they don't. They're, 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 not, they're not. They're not showy about it. They're not. They don't. They don't feel like they have to ex- express it in extravagant ways. But they they're not happy. the Lundegaards. Well, it's kind of like the mundane is where your life really happens, right? Yeah. The important things in your life happen in the mundane, not in the extravagant, not right. in the extreme. Yeah, I mean, he won a contest and she busted a, a murderer. That's their. But that's not what they're talking about. That's not what they're right. talking about. That they just no. did their jobs, and now right. it's now it's time to 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 watch Johnny Carson and go to sleep. And yep. and 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 reflect briefly on the fact that our whole lives are going to change in two months. Yep. 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 It's beautiful. Uh, that's right. It is. It is beautiful. Lovely little movie. It's a fucking masterpiece. It I, really is. I mean, I, to do it in ninety-eight minutes is fantastic. That's. I mean, that's even more amazing to me, and it yeah. lends credence to like the conversation we had a few weeks ago about spider-man which i quit the newest spider-man movie which i quite liked but it's too long right like it is well, too long a whole second other movie to go to but you can build <laughs> that beauty in yeah. in 98 minutes as a yeah. testament one to the cohen's and two to the actors for for giving the extra in their faces, right? Which mm-hmm. the lines don't always tell you what they're feeling, but the actors are like nailing it in yep. every scene. Yep. It's just, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's uh, it almost lends credence to, I don't know. Some guy once upon a time said brevity is the soul of wit. Mm-hmm. Yes, hmm. indeed. yes, indeed. I don't know whatever I, happened I, to that guy, but it's something I believe in that. <laughs> oh, I know you believe in that. You I bitch about long that. movies all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. All right. Deserve it. <laughs> anyone, anyone else have any final thoughts on Fargo? Because I think I've said all I need to say. Everybody should watch this movie and understand that this was among the very best films made in the 90s, period. Yeah, End it really story. was. It's really interesting that um, some critics were split on it, but Roger, R- Roger and Ebert were... Uh, <laughs> Roger and Ebert, both Roger, of, both of them. Ro- Roger Cisco Ebert and, and Stan Grossman. That's it. <laughs> Roger and Ebert. Cisco and Ebert both called it the best yep. best film of 1996. Yep, that was one of the few times that they agreed on yep. best film. And it won best picture. And anyone else win anything? No, it, it did not win best picture. It did not win. Best oh, picture. it did not. The, the English Patient, which English everyone patient has, won. which which everyone has forgotten, won best picture. That well, the, but Jason. That's what? one of your three-hour movies. You, I know. I mean, so I, I watched it. Apparently, I watched it and I and I liked it, was it well fine. enough. It was fine. It's fine, but it's no Fargo. Fuck that. Um, I mean, apparently, the English patient did not pay attention to William Shakespeare. With that brevity, is the soul of wit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it did. It also lost. Well, it didn't lose two, but the other pick, other films nominated were Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. And Shine, yeah. It should have won. Let's face it. Like, it should have won. But they. But the Academy gets it right a little bit later, and we will talk about that later in the month. Right. It did win um, Best Actress for and um, Best Screenplay. And best screenplay, which my gosh, yes, yeah, best screenplay. Was that the? I think that was the first Academy Award win for the Coens. Yes, and they get it again eleven years later, which uh-huh. we'll talk about later 
this yes, indeed. month. Yes, we'll talk about it not 11 years later. We'll talk about uh, it now. <laughs> we'll talk about it in uh, 11 plus 10 days. But what is next week? Chuck? Jeez, uh, next week is the big Lebowski. So this is the movie where if you if you ever talk about any, uh, I mean, I'm going to be I'm partially facetious here, but this is the movie that if anybody talks about uh, about anything, Coen Brothers, invariably there's going to be somebody who's going to say, "But have you seen the Big Lebowski?" It's like yes, but it's a good yes. movie, but it ain't Fargo and it ain't No Country for Old Men. Uh, well, I, I it's mean, a good we'll, movie, though. I mean, it's a great movie. We'll talk about this next week because I have as much of an affinity for that movie as I do for No Country and Fargo. Well, that's fair. I mean, it's absolutely fair, but it's the one that it's 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 the one that it's but the, have you seen? And it's like, yes, we have, but there there's more to them than this. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I think that's most, why we're doing these whole months of them. You know, right, right. <laughs> I think most Coen Brothers fans will not do that to you, but no, there are plenty no, of people no, that have just seen the Big Lebowski. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's that like, was the it was a cultural phenomenon. Absolutely, kind of absolutely. But it is the. It is the one, Jason. You walked away when we were talking about how, like, the Big Lebowski is like. If you talk anything, um, Cohen's invariably somebody's going to say, "But have you seen the Big Lebowski?" Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I but mean, there's more to it than than that, you know, for these guys. Um, which is why, you know, Chuck and I were talking about how this is why we do whole months of these guys because there's a lot to talk about with these guys. Anyway, and the, we will continue to do so. We will do so for the next three weeks. Absolutely. After and, this week. And, you know, next week we will talk about, you know, a movie that apparently, um, you know, if you haven't seen it, then you don't know nothing about the Coen brothers. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is next Wednesday, the big Lebowski episode 275 guys. Holy wow. moly. Gosh, that's a lot. We're, we're 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 rushing headlong towards 300 we better that means i'm close to 200 yep. if not a little over yep. yeah um so anyway that is at filmseizure.com you can also go there to find out where you can follow us where you can subscribe to us also at filmseizure.com next monday my episode of monster mondays is while i did house of frankenstein this week next week is house of dracula just gonna go one door down check out what's going on there with that uh, dracula feller um so that is on monster mondays next week so take a listen to that if you will um at my website bmovieanima.com this friday you can read my review of dark tower not that dark tower a better dark tower <laughs> one from the 80s <laughs> uh with uh let's see jenny agater's in it you got yeah. uh, michael moriarty michael moriarty oh boy yeah i like that stuff. movie too it's, it's good. good stuff it's 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 got a wonderful big climax that feels very old school uh horror comic in, yeah. in feel so like that movie um so check that out at my website if you will so so i guess until next time uh i guess i'll see you guys later then i'm jeff arbuckle i'm larry brandenburg man man I feel like I should say I'm gross, man, whatever, Al, but no. I'm Jason Oliver. 
And you've been listening to Film Seizure. <laughs>